This is episode 357, Stop Romanticizing Toxic Relationships with Sarah. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Thank you again for being here. I'm always so grateful to have such courageous people that call in and share so vulnerably on the show so you all can learn from them, empathize with them, see yourselves in them, and today's caller is no different. Sarah shares a lot of her life journey, much of which has been traumatic, so just a heads up that she shares some things that for a lot of us can be really hard to hear. And in all of that, you will also hear her strength. You will also hear her heart. You will also hear her resilience with everything that she's been through. This was a call that went in some directions that are honestly a little out of my pay grade, for lack of a better word, some legal stuff, some confidentiality stuff, some therapy stuff. And I really had to do the best I could to coach her in a way that was aligned, authentic, in integrity. But man, did my mama bear come out in this episode a little bit. And I always walk that line between having people really come to their own answers and also sometimes be that voice that we need to hear sometimes. I think all of us can remember a time when someone just needed to tell us, stop it or do this, or don't do that, or leave that relationship, or you deserve more. And there were some times in this episode where I felt like it was in the highest good to say some very direct things to her. So for all of my fellow coaches out there, I know you can understand there's that line between guiding people to their own answers and sometimes getting just a strong feeling to give some very, very direct feedback. And as a coach, our job is a little bit of both and being really in tune to when it's time to let the client come to their own realizations and when it's time to step in and say, hey, this is what I'm seeing. But I always, always, always say, even whenever I give advice, trust your intuition. Does that resonate with you? You've got to do what's best for you because I am not the all-knowing. I do not know better for other people. None of us do. But sometimes when we're not the one triggered, when we're not the one going through the experience and when we have professional experience, we can see things a little more clearly. I think we can all relate to times in our life where we've been traumatized, we've been stressed, we've been depressed, we've had a lot going on. And sometimes it's hard to see clearly. And so we do need that external voice saying, hey, do this, don't do that. So as you are listening to this episode with Sarah, consider, are you shoulda, coulda, wooding all over yourself? Is there something that happened in your past? You wish that it could be different now and you go back and you say, oh, if only I'd done this, if only I did this, it could be different. And you're just beating yourself up, which is preventing you from actually dealing with the now and the future. Did you have a very traumatic childhood and are you repeating it in your adult life? Do you think you may be in a toxic or unhealthy relationship in some way? And finally, do you see yourself as broken or do you allow other people to tell you that you're broken? Do you allow other people to tell you that you're not healed? Do you give away your power in that way and allow yourself to be told who you are by others? 
So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Sarah. Before we dive in, I want to tell you about Rise, which is an awesome formula made by Cured, a new sponsor of our podcast, designed by their in-house clinical herbalists. It contains a blend of lion's mane and cordyceps mushrooms, rhodiola, ginseng, and broad-spectrum CBD. It's really great if you want to reduce your caffeine intake. If those of you had that midday coffee or just want to get off caffeine and save your adrenals, you may see a massive increase in your ability to complete daily tasks, to feel really plugged in, to not need that caffeine boost when you take Rise. So in a world where there are so many things trying to steal our attention or drain us, I'm thankful for supplements like this that keep us laser focused on goals and help us from having to go to that third or fourth cup of coffee. So right now, Cured is offering a exclusive offer to you, my listeners. You can grab Rise for 20% off by visiting curednutrition.com slash over it. That's C-U-R-E-D nutrition.com slash over it and enter coupon code over it at checkout to save 20%. Again, that's cured.com slash over it. Enter coupon code over it and save 20%. Remember with Rise, you have extended mental clarity and performance, no caffeine, no jitters, no crash, and that CBD aids in balancing the supplement to add a little of that relaxation in there. All right, and now on to my episode with Sarah. Sarah, welcome to the show. How can I help? Well, first of all, thank you. And second of all, just I'm going through a brutal breakup right now, like mm. jaw-dropping, life-stopping kind of breakup. Mm. We've been together for three years lived together for two and this was has been my first serious relationship first man that I lived with and honestly for a long while I honestly thought he was my forever you know I put all of my eggs in this one basket literally planned the rest of my life around him we have a child together who is 10 months old and now we're at a point where he has broken up with me and he wants me to leave you know as soon as possible and Due to the fact our relationship has been pretty toxic for, honestly, starting a few months after we lived together. I can say on my end, I came into this relationship with a lot of unresolved trauma, a lot of triggers, and, you know, a lot of thoughts and things that needed to be rewired that needed to be changed, you know. So I can say I definitely came in, I would say, more of a jaded person, you know. Mm -hmm. And he's 20 years older than me. And he's also already dealt with a lot of his stuff. So I would say he's more whole. However, though, he has this side of him that I couldn't handle. Extremely controlling. You know, he's the type of guy where you do as I say, how I say. And if you don't, there's consequences for you, you know, and Mm. very high expectations. Like he holds me and his kids to almost perfection, I would say, Mm. and get easily angry and He gives the silent treatment for days. I've had the silent treatment for three weeks at a time. And all that kind of stuff really triggered me. And I just, I haven't been able to handle it. I feel like if I was healed and didn't have so much childhood trauma unresolved still, I feel like I could have handled him better. You know, I ended up Mm -hmm. having many mental breakdowns. We argued a lot. Mm -hmm. And after I had the baby... Between him, you know, how he was acting, he wasn't a good support for me. And also with postpartum depression and also 
I live states away from everybody. I don't have any family or friends here. I didn't mm. have women. I like a community of women to support me after I had this baby because I'm not close with my mother, my sisters, my aunts, you know, I'm, I've broken away from my family, the first person to deal with the generational trauma. And I kind of keep my distance from them because they all live very toxic lives. So I was very much isolated with this baby and I kind of just broke, yeah. you know, yeah. dealing with all of that and dealing with him. And he's the kind of guy, he's just, he gets so harsh and so mean sometimes. And I'm not saying any of this to bash him, but just to be honest. And so here we are. Yeah. After all that, he says he's done. He's tired of me, you know, and I'm dealing with a double-edged sword. On one side, intense guilt and shame and regret over that I didn't react better, that I became like a different person after living with him. I never used to be like this before. I don't have a history of mental breakdowns or being suicidal, none of that. And I feel so horrible about myself. And on the other side of the double-edged sword is the trauma of what I've been through with him and the fact yeah. that he didn't take any responsibility. He literally blames me for everything. And he says, he has said to me that he's perfect and that he can't get any better than he is. So you can't even imagine all the doubts and mm -hmm. everything going on in my head. Just. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So just take a breath because that's a lot. It's a lot that you've been through. And I just really want to honor you, especially as a fellow new mama. Postpartum is hard enough, even if you are supported, even if you do have a good marriage. And the fact that you went through all of that without partnership, without community, without support is a lot. So I just really want to honor your process and honor and acknowledge that this has been hard. This has been really hard. And I, you've heard me say on the show many times, I'm sure we always have to take hundred percent responsibility for our 50%. I think you're taking a little bit over hundred percent responsibility, which is very common in this dynamic. Again, I'm not one to diagnose. I don't like throwing the word narcissist out there, but there are some, we'll just call selfish tendencies on his part that I'm picking up on from what you're sharing and just picking up on intuitively Sounds like there's some gaslighting as well. Do you resonate with any of that? I do. Okay. And what ends up happening is the person who's more empathic in the relationship, which would be you, ends up doubting themselves, questioning themselves, blaming themselves, and losing themselves in a lot of ways. Like, Do you feel like you've kind of lost yourself in this relationship? Very much. I've actually already been grieving that because... I've come to look in the mirror and not even recognize who I am. Yeah. My family, my friends, they've seen how much I've changed. And to the ones I haven't opened up to, they're like, what's going on? You're such a different person now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just be blunt and ask you a direct question. Why do you want this relationship or why would you want this relationship to continue? <sighs> it's a loaded question. <laughs> I've had some friends ask me the same because there's this amazing, amazing side to him. Like, there's a reason why I fell in love with him. You know, like, he has incredible qualities that I hadn't seen in men I had been with before. And mm -hmm. even other men in my, my female friends' lives, you know, like, he can be so good. Like, I just want to cry just thinking about it. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. he rescued me from some things. 
I was in a really bad situation when we met and I think his mindset was he was he was the prince coming to rescue the pauper you know what I mean Mm -hmm. he kind of likes that kind of stuff so I right because it inflates his ego I guess so Mm -hmm. I really appreciate everything he's done for me you know and the good qualities about him and we have kids together I you know Part of the childhood trauma I wanted to break was raising a child in a whole home. I didn't want her to grow up with parents who are split, you know, and yeah. a lot of garbage can go on with split parents and co-parenting. And I guess I'm kind of afraid to go out on my own as well because I don't have a career. I don't have a car. I don't have any resources. I don't have family to fall back on. I don't even have a high school diploma because mm-hmm. of a lot of things that went on in my childhood. So I feel like so stuck yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay I hear all that I hear all that so we're just gonna take it one step at a time if you were looking for a new house and you found this house and the house was falling apart there's mold in some places you didn't like the design of it but it had this amazing master bedroom this master bedroom was beautiful it was everything you've ever dreamed of in a bedroom but the kitchen didn't work. There wasn't a good living space. Didn't really like the neighborhood. But man, this bedroom, whoa, waking up there every morning would be amazing. Would you buy the house? No, you've actually got me giggling a bit at that example. Why? <laughs> because it's it's so true. No, I wouldn't buy the house. Right. Right. He's your master bedroom. And you're forgetting that like when you leave that bedroom, you walk into a kitchen that doesn't work or mold, or leaking pipes, or whatever it may be. And because of your wounding, there's such low self-worth, right? There's such a a part of you that doesn't think or believe that you're even capable of having more than this. And has you in this sort of spell of believing that I, I think you you hung in as long as you could because the spell of that master bedroom, those beautiful moments kept you hooked. And that rescuing thing kept you hooked. So to me, where you are right now is you kind of have a choice because there's there's the personal work to do But there's also the immediate choice in how you're going to choose to respond to this. And it's going to be really hard from my perspective to move forward, to be the best mother to your daughter, to not spiral down into deeper depression if, unless you kind of change how you're looking at this. If you're able to look at this like a little bit of a relief, a little bit of I'm getting out of a toxic relationship so that I can actually heal because it's really hard to heal your wounding in a toxic relationship. You've heard me give the example. It's like someone trying to get sober while working in a bar. That makes sense. It's very difficult. So I understand the pain and I understand he's your child's father. And I understand there's a part of you that really loves that master bedroom. However, it sounds like there's some intervention, some universal intervention going on here because I don't see, given what you've told me about him, I don't see this relationship getting better. Yeah. 
I've often wondered to myself, though, if if I could succeed in healing myself, would it get better? You know. Well, first of all, you're again, you're taking a little bit too much responsibility. I'm still healing myself. We're all still healing ourselves. You introduced me to one person who's totally healed and I'd love to meet them because they're going to be enlightened. (laughs) We're all working on stuff. We're all human. And I think that you, given your childhood and then he kind of reinforced it, you've been told too many times that you're broken by yourself and others. And you're not, Sarah. You're, You're human who has endured trauma, who has endured chaos, who's endured some very difficult things. And if you were as broken as you believe yourself to be, you and I wouldn't be on this call. You wouldn't be sustaining a 10-month-old's life. You wouldn't. You'd be on the street on heroin or something like that. You've got to see and start acknowledging how strong you are and how far you've come because you're continuing to let other people, specifically your current ex-partner, degrade you and tell you things about you that are not true are not true. And that's part of the gaslighting. Yeah. He's told me a lot of horrible things such as I'm a lost cause. I'm not worth it. Um, he said that it was his fault for choosing damaged product when he could have chosen plenty of other good products off the shelf referring to women, you know, like he's told me a lot of horrible things that I have a hard time getting out of my head. Yeah. Those are horrible things. And I'm so sorry you had to hear them and they're not true. And that's abuse. Did you grow up in an abusive home? I would say so, yeah. It was a disaster. Um, Lots of mental, emotional, and spiritual abuse. Some physical as well with the way my dad disciplined the kids. And then I believe my mother was also a narcissist, still is. And then we had a brother. This is really heavy. But we had a brother who for 10 years raped and molested two of the sisters and two of the brothers. We went through that. 10 years and yeah, I was also raped at a young age by um, my great grandfather and my yeah. family's a disaster. You know, we were raised in a Christian home though, as yeah. they say. So it, it kind of made it more of a mess when you associate God with all those things. Yes. Yes. That's a lot, a lot of trauma, a lot of trauma. And so I understand the word disaster and I, I, I can feel the the resonance of that word. And what I just want to use instead is trauma. There's a lot of trauma. So you are not broken. You are not damaged goods. You have just been through a lot. And a true partner, like a true healthy relationship helps us heal that. It doesn't put the expectation on another that they're supposed to be healed. And given what you've said about your ex-partner, and granted, I'm only hearing one side, but I don't think you're, I think you're being pretty honest here. In fact, I know you are. From what you've shared, there's a lot of no owning on his end. There's a lot of gaslight. And of course, you drew someone like this in because this is familiar behavior to you. And you've heard me talk about when we have a lot of trauma, we have a very high shit tolerance. We have a very high tolerance for inappropriate, toxic, abusive behavior because we're so used to it, you know? So one thing I want to say to you that's really important for you to hear is there's nothing you could have done, Sarah, to make this any different. Are you sure? Because I often feel like if I had disobeyed him like he wanted or kept my mouth shut, it would have worked out fine. 
if you want to be a prisoner, I mean, would you want your daughter to say, mom, I found this great man. And as long as I obey him, things are great. (laughs) No. Why not? Because that's, that's a terrible relationship to be in. It is. It is. I think you were fighting for something that felt familiar, not healthy. And I don't know that you ever would have left because again, given your trauma background, you have a high tolerance for these kind of situations. And again, it feels like a universal intervention that he's ending this. So you have no choice but to move on. Well, part of that is true. I have struggled with leaving for a long time. Actually, my whole life, I have really struggled with processing and letting go and removing myself. Like I have PTSD when it comes to transition because we were uprooted over and over and over as kids, never had any stability or roots. So now when, even if I'm moving to a new place and even if the move is good, I have all this panic and freeze. But all that to say, I have tried to leave once before. And what makes this very complicated is that for a long time, one of the times I was suicidal, he, instead of helping me, spent the time videotaping me. And I didn't even know he was recording me because of the state of mind I was in. So mm-hmm. he has been blackmailing me with that. He said, if you leave with my baby, I'm going to release this video, get the police and the courts involved, and you will have your baby taken away. So I have felt the fear. And then yeah. on top of that, he has used it against me that I don't have a career I don't have any money. I don't have a car. And he said, now, since that video was a few months behind us, he said, now, if I want to leave with her, I have to leave without her first. I've got to get a job. I've got to get a place to go. You know what I'm saying? My own house, my own car. And then I can come back for her, right? He doesn't want me on state assistance. He doesn't want me staying with a friend. It's, I have felt like such a prisoner. It feels so hopeless. Like, yeah. So that's, that's what's really complicating So let's just talk kind of logical action level right now. So he's asking you to move out. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And what is he requiring or what is he asking of you? He's asking that I leave the baby with him and that I go get myself on my feet. And then he says, supposedly I can come back for her once I'm on my feet. Okay. Have you talked to an attorney? Yes. And what have they said? Well, I would have to get a really good lawyer for them to be able to throw out the the suicidal videos that he has. And honestly, you know, a lot of my friends have recommended that I go the court route, right? But I just have this horrible feeling that I'm, I'm going to end up losing because he's a very powerful, angry man. And I want to have to risk, I don't even want to split custody with him. You know what I mean? I would rather have her the majority of the time. Yeah, I hear that. Were you diagnosed with postpartum depression by anyone? Yes, I did have a therapist for a few months. And was the video taken during that time? Yes. Okay. And has the therapist cleared you of postpartum depression? I'm not sure. I had to stop therapy with her about two months ago because... Things with him were so bad, it didn't even make any sense to continue therapy. I would have to ask her if she cleared me or not. It might 
be useful because postpartum depression is a well-known thing. Having suicidal thoughts, you know, thoughts of self-harm or harming a baby is, is part of that, can be part of that. And if it was documented, you were seeing someone and it was recorded during that time. And now the therapist, if you would see her again, could say, no, Sarah's out of this. I think that would work in your favor. Just speaking strategically for a moment and just thinking, see, this is the part, Sarah, that is difficult because you're so kind of caught up in the emotion and the heartache and that I should have done something differently. What could I have done? That's taking up a lot of mental real estate and maybe preventing you from really thinking about what you need to do to keep your baby. You know, so the other thing I'm going to ask of you with a lot of compassion is, and I'm just going to be blunt, stop wasting time ruminating over what could have been and shoulda, coulda, wouldas, and think about what you need to do for yourself and your baby. Okay. That's, that's good advice. And notice how you responded to that. You, you hear me, you take it. If you were as broken and as falling apart as you claim to be, you couldn't hear that. Yeah, it's very helpful for me to hear because I certainly have been struggling with a lot of anxiety, even nausea, and just sure. because I keep going over the what it could have showed us, the mistakes yeah. I made. Yeah, you've got to stop. Day. You've got to stop. I'm just going to be direct with you. If you keep doing that, you could lose your baby. Because it's, it's, we only have so much mental energy and we only, you know, certain thoughts put us in certain frequencies. And, you know, when you're in that shoulda, coulda, woulda, the relationship could be different. You aren't in a capacity to think of what do I need to do legally? What do I need to do financially? How do I need to show up for my baby? Like, what is the life that I want now? Now that I know I'm getting out of this. And that's where you've got to be right now. The other thing you really need is support. Is there anyone in your life you can count on? Yes, I have one friend. Okay. Are they nearby? No. Um, I live in North Carolina. She lives in Connecticut. Can you go live with her? Yes, that is the opportunity that has opened up. She said, you know, thankfully her and her husband are very stable people. And they said that I don't even have to get a job. I can stay with them until I get on my feet. I have a way that I want to make money. It's photography and videography for food bloggers. I'm already enrolled in the course, already Amazing. have my camera, but it will take probably about four to six months before I have an income from it. And they said they'll take me and the child and no pressure, finish that course. They'll, you know, provide food, whatever. So I have that opportunity. It's just the complication with my ex-partner, you know. And when you talk, when you've spoken to a lawyer about like, if you would just take the baby and go, what has the lawyer said? Um, that nobody can force me to give her to him and vice versa. So whoever's holding the baby in their arms physically, you know, nobody can force it. However, you know, he, if he decides he's going to race and file for custody, you know, it's going to look bad for me that I'm not in the state. So, you know, just yeah. I file for emergency custody and to further protect myself, some kind of restraining order. And that, that would put me on the offensive, but I just can't bring myself to do that. Oh, Sarah, I think you need to. Everybody says that. Yeah. What's making you feel like you can't do that? 
because he, I've just seen him in action, what he does to people when they cross him. Well, but like you said, either way, he's going to do something. And so do you want to play offensively or defensively? I would rather be offensive. I just dread at what's what's to come, what he's going to do. He's already threatened me many times how he's, what he's going to do, you know. And do you document all that? As in, like, recording him? Writing it down, talking to friends about it. This is why, you know, being in therapy is important, too. I mean, obviously, therapists have confidentiality, but it, legal things, you know, th- there's there's ways around that. But I think it's really important for you to start documenting all the threats, um, to start writing it all down. All right. I might have some written here and there, but I, I definitely – have spoken with friends about it, left voice messages. Okay, good. Friends. I do believe I, yeah, my therapist did end up witnessing a lot, hearing some, and also I told her a lot. So yeah, her records could always be referred back to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's way out of my pay grade to be even giving any of this advice. I just feel such a mama bear protective <laughs> feeling with you. I just want to come scoop you up and bring you to my house. So sweet. Yeah. And so this is where I think I can be more useful is to firmly and lovingly mama to mama say to you, please don't waste any more time and energy on the shoulda, coulda, whatas. This was not your fault. There's nothing you could have done. You're dealing with someone who is not mentally sound and not a safe person. And there's really nothing you could have done. So now it, it, the focus needs to be, what do I need to do to keep myself and my baby safe? Okay. No more of this. If I wasn't so broken, if I had only healed, no more. It's doing you no good. No good. And quite frankly, it's exactly where he wants you because then he still has the power. Mm, that makes sense. I am so sorry you're going through this. It's a lot. It's a lot. But to break the cycle of trauma, you've got to get out of it. And this relationship is still toxic. And so I think that's another reason why I feel, and and you know what's best for you. No one can tell you what's best, you know. But I think I'm feeling called to encourage you to play offensively here is because that's an important part of healing trauma is not waiting for someone to come after us, but to like play offensively and have our boundaries up and be like, no more. I'm taking charge here. Makes sense. Did this help at all? Yes. Yes, it did. Especially the advice of just stop wasting my mental energy and what I could have shut up because it is taking the majority of my energy right now. Yeah, it is. And this relationship is not worth saving. It's not healthy. I guess not. You know, part of what I've been struggling with too is that three months after I moved here, he broke up with me just to scare me. He said I wasn't behaving the way he wanted me to behave. And that was his way of scaring me into submission. And he's he did that again early this year. So I, I've been in this cycle of of hope, like, oh, he'll give me another chance. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. So Sarah, that's very, very, very toxic. This man is not healthy. 
I think if you had any friend telling you about this relationship, you'd be like, this is not good. Yeah. So notice we were kind of forward moving and you went back to, but then this happened. Mm. Gotta, you've got to think now and future and deal with the reality and the logistics of what's going on. Once you get settled, once you feel safe, then you can deal with the trauma and healing and all of that. I would recommend continuing to work with a therapist, a good one, but focus on action steps right now. Okay. That's very helpful. I wish I could do more. That's okay. I'm, as I said, I'm so thankful to be on this call speaking to a legend such as yourself. It was actually an, an answer to prayer when I saw that, that invitation come in. I'm like, oh. well, I get to talk with Christine. Oh, well, I, I hope that, I hope that this talk reminds you of a couple things. You're not broken. You're far more capable than you give yourself credit, far more whole and healthy than you give yourself credit. This is not a healthy relationship. There's nothing you could have done to make it any different. You see how he is with other people in your life. There's some serious issues going on with this guy. It's a relief that you're getting out. And now it's play offensively and pull up your own mama bear and do what you need to do to keep yourself and your daughter safe. Okay. Okay. And I'm sending you so much love and you'll be in my prayers as well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Sarah, for being so coachable, for being so open and for sharing so vulnerably things that I imagine are pretty hard to talk about. So as I said in the beginning of this episode, this was a tough one to not let my mama bear totally take over because there was a part of me that just wanted to say, run, take your child, move to your friend's house and, and just get out of there. But legally, I don't know the ramifications of that and obviously didn't want to give her any advice that could put her and her daughter in danger. But I did feel it was important to really as best I could drill in, you've got to stop the shoulda, coulda, wouldas because it's taking you away from the action you need to take. And when we're in situations that trigger trauma, man, it is hard and it is tricky because oftentimes there's actions we need to take on the goal line. There's actions we need to take on the present day, 3D, logistical, real world reality of things. And we have to sort of put our deeper healing aside and, and just take action, get ourselves to a safe place and then do the deeper healing work because, you know, there's, there's definitely some trauma work in Sarah's future and some additional therapy, but it's important that our, our nervous system feels safe enough to do that work. When someone's in a situation like Sarah's in the breakup, legal stuff, needing to find a place to live, needing to protect herself and her daughter, that isn't the time to do deep somatic trauma work on her childhood because her nervous system isn't regulated right now. She doesn't feel safe. She's got to do what she can to get her daughter and herself safe and to figure out what her rights are and to just handle things on the logistical level. And then it's time for that healing work. But you can see in this episode, as you can see with so many other callers, we repeat our childhood. Now she grew up in a very traumatic home and she's in a very toxic, unhealthy relationship. 
As you could see, there was a lot of gaslighting. There was some verbal and emotional abuse happened happening in that relationship. Who knows what else? But because she has that high tolerance for trauma and toxicity, it's like some part of her thinks it's it's love because it's familiar. And those of you that have been through a lot of trauma, you often find yourself in situations that you would never advise a friend to be in, but yet you tolerate them because you have a higher tolerance for them. So sometimes it's harder to see how unhealthy they are, which is why I felt like it was appropriate for me to say to her, hey, this is not healthy. This is not good. You dodged a bullet that he's breaking up with you. This should be a relief and you need to focus on moving forward. You need to focus on keeping you and your daughter safe. That is the most important thing to focus on because I think there's a part of her that is so traumatized by this whole thing. The mental looping of shoulda, coulda, woulda is almost like a mm, escape, even though that it the shoulda, coulda, woulding all over ourselves feels like prison. It puts her in a, a mindset that she can control because it's just sort of a loop where she thinks about everything she needs to do in her future, that can feel overwhelming, which is why I asked, who's your friend? Who's your legal support? You need support around you. So Sarah, if you're listening, it is going to be so important for you to have advocates, to have people around you that can advocate for you, that can pull you forward, that can help protect you, that can be a sounding board and help you make really rational decisions when you're emotionally triggered. Because it's hard in situations when we're so emotionally triggered to to make rational decisions sometimes, which is why it takes a village, not just to raise a child, but to to raise a human. (laughs) We all really need each other. So Sarah, please support, support, support. The other thing I wanted to touch on in this recap is allowing other people to tell you your damage or to tell you what your issues are. This is not a place we want to be with another person. You never want anyone else to be telling you, you're not healed, you're broken, you have this issue, blah, 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 blah. Because as my friend Beck says, projection is the closest thing to a confession, meaning whatever someone's projecting on you and telling you, 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 this, they have three fingers pointing back at themselves. So please don't give your power away. Now, I'm not saying if you're in relationship with someone and they're saying, hey, I'd really like you to work on this. I'm noticing you're in this pattern or I'm noticing that you're showing up jealous in this relationship because of your issues with your dad and I'd really like you to deal with that because you don't have to be worried about me. I'm not that person. We People can make requests of us in the relationship, but when they're in a almost abusive and gaslighting way telling you you're broken, you're not healed, you're so messed up, whatever it is, you want to know that's a massive red flag that they're projecting on you, that they're gaslighting you, that they're really doing a power play and trying to take your power away. And my best advice is to get out, get out of those relationships because no one has the authority to evaluate your wholeness or your brokenness. And P.S., you're not broken. No one has the authority to evaluate your how level of healing or whatever it may be. So please don't give away your power in that way. And if there is someone in your life that is doing that to you, run or at least walk out the door. All right, everybody, that is the show for this week. Sending you so much love and many blessings until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. 
And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 